Simon Parsons, thank you for coming on the show. I'm so, so excited to have you here. For those who are not aware of who Simon Parsons is, can you give us a little rundown of, of who he is? What is up, my dude? It is such a pleasure to be here, and I'm so honored to be asked to be a part of your show. You're someone that I look forward to seeing all the time. I'm so glad I know you. I'm grateful for you, and I'm impressed by you because you lead by example. You are one hell of a good dude. Anyways, what? tell me a little bit more about what you want to know for, about me. Yeah, for those, so Simon is a LinkedIn legend. He is an enormous mentor of mine and he is a absolutely just an abundant human. And that's what I want to go over today is like, how did he get to where he is? How did he develop his amazing abundance mindset? So for those who may not know, uh, you're in, you're on LinkedIn, you're running a coaching business, but give us a rundown of, of where Simon started and how he got to where he is today. Sure. Absolutely. This I think will relate to many of the people in your audience. Uh, I, I'm assuming you probably have a, a little bit of a younger audience, so I'd love to talk about some of my journey mm -hmm. of just living an average life and kind of getting to where I am now, which is a life that is filled with joy, full, filled with abundance, filled with purpose, because sometimes it's it's hard to see that when you're younger, you know? Um, I am a LinkedIn coach, but I don't define myself as that. That's just one of the many tools that I use to help uh, coaches such as James create more income, create more revenue, and live a life of passion and purpose. Uh, a little bit about me, um, I'm 48 years old right now, probably more than double James' age, but uh, I've been through a lot in my life. I've had a lot of great lessons, and I swear to God, I have to pinch myself when I wake up in the morning. I'm like, is this for real? Uh, and, you know, it wasn't always like that. When I was in high school, um, I thought I was just going to have an average life. I thought I was just going to get by day to day, get a job that I didn't really care about or didn't really enjoy. Uh, work my ass off, go home, hang out with the family, be exhausted, fall asleep, wake up and do the same thing day in and day out. I don't know why that was, but it was probably the programming that I had. Just I'd never really been around, you know, super impactful people. I didn't understand what wealth was. I was just, you know, an average dude. And one thing I love about you, James, is you step it up and you hang out around with some pretty powerful people and you're always looking to grow. I didn't have that within me. Uh, I was just programmed to the, you know, I, I needed, if I wanted success, I needed to go work hard, get a job or go through school, right? Spend a bunch of money going through school and get some, get, get a diploma and then start working my way up the ladder. And it was something that I really didn't want to do. And looking back, it was just like, it's so apparent that that's what made it so difficult for me to succeed is just that constant programming of you got to work hard. If you want to succeed, you got to go to school. You got to get a good job. I didn't want to do that. And luckily I didn't, right? Here's where everything changed, James, is I got asked by my buddy. I mean, we both just- I know this. Yep, yep. I got asked to, to go work at the Salt Lake Country Club. And that's where all the wealthiest people in Salt Lake hung out. And I was asked to, you know, be a uh, dishwasher. And I was like, I don't know about that, but- you want to be you a bus boy up for that what do you got it was like a bus boy yeah and so how old are you right now james i'm 19. 19 okay so i was probably 17 when this 17. Happened. yep yeah i was gonna be and, yeah, yeah go ahead and, and so what was cool about that is i went in thinking oh this is gonna suck because i'm gonna be around all these snobby rich people that are gonna look down on me and and what's cool is that was totally false that was a total myth and I got to be around some pretty amazing people. And a lot of them ended up being mentors of mine. And I worked my way up from busboy to um, 
waiter and then a bartender and then a manager there. And I didn't know anything else about life, but I learned that there was more for all of us. And I learned that like the very wealthy, they're not so different than us. They just have not been programmed with the limitations that most of the average people are. We were all meant to be abundant. And that's what's so crazy and what I love to teach now is that every single person out there, your default setting is to live a life of abundance. It is us that puts a lid on that. It's us that holds ourselves back and tampers that down. We just need to get the fuck out of our own way if we really want to tap in. And so um, this is so cool too because like I was still afraid to go out there and make my own path. I had worked there until I was 27 and you know, I was doing okay. I was doing better than average slightly. But what was cool is I had a manager that cared enough about me to give me some money and kick me out. And he said, hey, I know you can do more. I believe in you, even though you don't believe in yourself. So he gave me some money, sent me on my way, and I had to go figure it out. And that wasn't easy. I mean, there was, there was ups and downs, right? I, I was in a lot of debt because I was making poor financial decisions. And um, yeah, I came crashing down. And then I almost went bankrupt and I had to look at myself in the mirror. I was 28 years old at that point, maybe even 29. And I was like, holy shit, I've been given all this opportunity and I've pissed it away. I've wasted it. You know, like nothing majorly bad had happened to me. Like I brought this on myself and I had to look at myself in the mirror and say, okay, you are the one person that needs to own this. You were responsible for this. And I remember at that time I had a hundred thousand dollars of, of credit, debt. mostly credit card debt. debt yep. I'm just like, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this, right? Like this could take the rest of my life at the amount of money I was making right then. This could take the rest of my life. But you know what, James, I was just like, cool. If I'm in prison, financial prison for the rest of my life because of my decisions, that's on me. And it's up to me to change that. And just owning that allowed me to flip the switch. And within one year, I was able to create a business and work my way out of that online business. And I became a business owner and an entrepreneur. And in one year, I paid over $100,000 of debt off. And then, um, yeah, I had an awesome business for about eight years. And then that uh, came apart eventually. Um, and it's so interesting because every time this happens, you learn something, right? And then I couldn't figure out what to do. My business crashed. I couldn't keep up with the market because I was selling online products, okay? So products are something that anybody can sell. They're not use, unique to me. And what I you, James, is you're creating a brand right now. You're creating your own personal brand, which is something that nobody can take from you. Amazon cannot sell you unless you allow them to. And eBay can't, right? But that was a mistake that I didn't know at the time. So I can compete and it was still meant for the universe to teach me this lesson. Uh, after that, I got a job in sales because I don't have a job. I don't have a degree. I don't yep. have any certifications, nothing. Okay. But I know how to connect with people. So I got into sales and then I built an amazing book of business in that, uh, good work, life balance, making lots of money. And, um, you know, in COVID that was another pivot and, like they shut down hospitals. I'm in healthcare and they shut down hospitals for three months mm -hmm. and our cash flow got dried up. And at that point I needed to have a backup plan. I didn't know if I was going to, you know, what was going to happen. So what did I do? Uh, I used LinkedIn to start building a coaching business and helping people tap into abundance, understanding money mindset, learning how to connect with their audience, how to have clear crystal clear messaging, how to provide an offer that actually helps people out. 
And um, that's how me and you are connected is just me stepping back into that world. And I'm so grateful for it. And it's just so cool, so powerful to know somebody like you that is willing to do what you do at your age. It's incredible. I had some of that when I was younger, maybe when I was 22, 23, I started listening to Tony Robbins and stuff. I'm so grateful that I did that because that's what allowed me to succeed decades later. It's so I know there's a lot in store for you and a lot for your audience. Oh, there's so much to unpack right there. There's so much to unpack. And I and I wanted to start off my, my first question for this interview was to ask you, because I remember when we first met in in the coaching program, I was 17. So that was like when I looked about your story and found out that you were a busboy at 17 and you were going around some of the most wealthiest people in Salt Lake, it was like it may have not been the same experience, but it has the same principle. When I joined the program and I invested in myself, it was like that was my accountability to make something happen. I thought I was going to be a real estate agent. And it was like in that moment in time, I completely decided to drop it. And I was like, this is so fulfilling. I can't put words to it. And it's it's inspiring to see. And I'm curious, when you went into that being a busboy, what did that shift in your, whether your worldview, your paradigm, or what beliefs did you have to unlearn in that process, seeing wealthy people? Uh, I, I think that um, looking back, it was just, you know, it, it was so slow, this transformation. Um, but I think that, like, I started to grow confident. I started... You know, one of the best things that ever happened to me is I dated one of the members' daughters, you know, someone who was from a really wealthy family. And she was, this This is crazy because I didn't realize it at the time. Talk about a limiting belief. But mm. I think like my conscious mind started to believe just being around amazing people and just thinking, well, if they can do it, so can I. But at that time, I didn't understand like how much the subconscious can work for you or against you. And I think that is why I blew up two businesses before I finally figured this out is, is stuff that I didn't even realize was there. This is really fascinating. But, you know, like when I was dating her, it was just really cool because I started to notice that you'd have these very wealthy members of the country club and they'd have four kids and three of them ended up being super wealthy entrepreneurs and one ended up becoming really successful and, you know, working their way up the ladder. In all cases, they were successful by most people's standards. And the reason why is they just were not brought up where it was like money was a limitation or there was money trauma going on. And um, I, I started to be aware of that. And so um, I just started getting addicted to like, just kind of like you of learning, but I don't think I understood it on a level that I do now. And and I had to circle back on that decades later. And that's where I got get really deep into mindset and psychology. But I mean, you know, like when you're younger and you start to, to learn these things, it's, it's really cool. And it's very encouraging to think about the stuff that you're filling your mind with right now and what the potential outcomes are, of that are. But I, I think over the, over time, like the, the biggest limiting belief I have was just that I was going to live a, a, an average life. And it's so crazy to think, you know, now I ha I'm in a battle with averageness. Like I have no problem with average people, but I have a problem with average thinking. I have a problem with people believing that they were only meant to get by day to day, wake up, go to a job that they hate and wish they did something else and never do something about that. That kills me. And I'm on a mission to inspire other people to step into that, to stop listening to that little bitch inside, get rid of that and go do something because you are all capable. You were meant to. And it is a fucking lie that we believe that we're just destined for an average life. 
I can't let people do that. As long as they're willing to, I'm here to help people in any way to ascend to their highest potential. Oh, I, I love every ounce of that. And that's exactly before when I started to become a coach, my intention was to start a podcast. If, if you weren't aware, because we, we both joined Rob Dial's program and it was like my intention. I saw Rob was making the like making the podcast. And I was like, I feel like I have something inside of me that I didn't see in my world. Like abundance was not something that was taught to me. Right. We, like we, we know our, there's nothing scarce, but what we create, right? We are abundant. The world is abundant, but only scarcity comes through our mind. And that was what I seen the world view through. But something that you, uh, when we met in Austin was a book that you recommended to me and it had such a massive impact on my life. And now every single one of my clients, I want to tell you this first and foremost, every single one of my clients, the first book, the first action we take is reading Psycho-Cybernetics. And I want to know, it it is, it is, it has been so impactful on me and the, and the paradigm shift of recognizing that like our self image is what creates the action that we're going to take. And then that the result, the results that we get and what I stand for entirely is that if someone else has done what you aspire to do in the world, then it's a actual representation that you can do the same thing or you can even do more. And I know when you were growing, I know when you were growing up uh, doing the, the Tour de France for cycling was that that was your dream. And your parents told you that that wasn't possible and that you had to go to college and you had to live that average life. What did that from going from that belief into going to being around some of the wealthiest people and building a business? How did you see, how did that make you feel making that big of a shift in your life to actually see that in fruition? Um, again, so I don't think my parents said that it wasn't possible. It was more like, you know, you better have a plan, another plan because it's pretty unrealistic. Right. I don't feel like I was supported in the way that I would support my kids, but I don't blame my parents for that. Um, I think they were doing the best that they could with, you know, their resources. I just don't, and maybe they, they didn't believe you know, on a, maybe they had the averageness mentality Absolutely. as well, but I, you know, that shift is, is, has come over the course of decades and where, where psycho cybernetics came in, this was really interesting is I used to teach Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I was probably I know. About age, 19. Right? Yes, you were. Yeah. And this was before the UFC, before anything came out, like it was like yeah. so brand new and nobody knew about it. So it was like, I had this superpower, you know, I'd be like grappling with people and tapping, tapping them out, people that were way older than me. And it was so cool because I had this one client or not even a client. He was a, a student in the school that I was learning jujitsu from and I would teach the you know beginner class and he just struggled. He was overweight and couldn't get the ideas around this stuff. And, you know, when I teach, I use a lot of stories, a lot of analogy. I believe it or not, at 19, I was teaching people how to choke people out and arm lock using stories or using, you know, uh, analogies and I spent some time with this guy and he was just so grateful to that and turns out he was a, like a very wealthy person himself he was a real estate mogul mm -hmm. gives me all these books and um, most of them are like real estate stuff and I'm just like I, and he's like what do you want to do with your life I'm like I'm 19 I have no clue but thanks and I took all this stuff and I'm like I don't even know how to get started with real estate but the one book he did give me was psycho cybernetics and it was all about self-image um, it's about a, a psychologist, he, but he was a plastic surgeon to start out with, and he would do work on people's face. And then yep. you know, once they saw the change, then it changed their own internal belief system. So yeah, that, that was a big, um, big, you know, a book that made a big impact for me. It started me on the path of visualization 
And um, as far as like the, like cycling and all that that came in, I think it was just like this evolution for me of gaining more confidence. But also there's the, there's something inside of me that just you know doesn't like fitting in. Like I don't like being average, and I I don't be like being looked down upon. And it's interesting because sometimes I I almost like draw that in as like a motivator. Like sometimes like I'll read into stuff that probably isn't there and turn it into a fight, <laughs> turn it into a battle, but it gives me power. You know what I mean? And an example would be written off by somebody or somebody who underestimated your capabilities. And so it's, it's almost like this average, this thought of being average that I used to have has flipped totally the other way around into like this superpower that I feel like I have of not being average and wanting to lead other people who may be taught that they, they aren't capable of more to reject that and to rise up against averageness. And so, yeah, I, it was interesting because like, here's another example that you're probably talking about is cycling. You know, I wanted to be in the Tour de France when I was younger. This is before Lance Armstrong and all that. And I was geeking out about cycling. I mean, it's a Tour de France is a 2000 mile race in France. And, you know, it's like, I didn't understand what that would even take. And I didn't have the proper mentors to teach me like, dude, you need to be out there training for like six hours a day. And I was thinking, oh, I'm doing good riding an hour a day. I had, I just didn't understand that. And, um, I got my ass kicked in the, in the first couple of bike races. I actually, I did a couple that, that I did all right in, but I just didn't understand the, the depth that you can go into what's possible, how deep you can go when it comes to things physically and mentally. But, um, you know, later in life, I, I, I remember riding up the canyons and I'm just like flying past people. And, you know, I could tell I was really fucking strong and my parents were, you know, strangely enough, my parents were the ones that encouraged me to go actually compete. Right. And so 20 years later, after I'd missed that huge window that most people are at their peak, you know, at 37 years old, I started competing in cycling and crushing it. And, you know, part of me is just like, ah, it's unfortunate I missed out on all those years. But you know me, I'm like, I'm so glad I figured it out even later in life. What's crazy is what would happen if I knew some of the mindset shit mm -hmm. and I was able to start when I was younger. That would be off the charts cool. But it that's how things unfold. That's my path, you know, and, and I may have missed some opportunity, but uh, hopefully I can share that with some people who are younger and, and encourage them to really test the boundaries and what you think is possible. You can go so much deeper than that. Absolutely. And I, and I think as well, and I didn't mean to say that like your parents would, would like completely push against it. But I think the belief that like it's unrealistic is something that holds a lot of people back from doing what they want, whether that's someone else telling them or their internal narrative. And I'm curious for you, what was your internal narrative coming from not having really any kind of abundance or looking at that in, in the world in that way, going into being around some of the wealthiest people and then also being able to get to the president's club in, in sales and doing all the things that you've done that got you that, that have led you to this point. Yeah, I think that you're right. It's it's a very common narrative. You know, I think my parents are almost like a proxy for what society tells us, right? So if yeah. not my parents, that's at least when I was younger. I'm hoping this has changed, and I'm very vocal about that narrative of go to school, 
get a degree and go get a good job and work your ass off until you're like 65 years old and then hopefully you'll have some social security left and scrimp and <laughs> scrimp by until you die that's not a way yeah. to live not at but all. I, I think the internal narrative was um just just probably like i i think it was this combination of like i i know it's there i know it's possible in my conscious mind but the subconscious that's that's the deceptive part is that you know here here's one thing that's really cool that i'd love to share with your audience is absolutely you really don't know what your subconscious is saying it's it's like it's hard to know actually it's not i'll tell you how to figure that out this is what's cool is like unless you realize this it's hard to detect what your subconscious is saying it's what your actions are doing okay it's it's what your actions are doing and it's being able to call out your excuses because if you know you're like all gung-ho i always hear this like yeah i want to be a coach i want to make a lot of money i want to do this and this and this okay well here's what you got to do put some skin in the game you know well uh you know what it's, it's not the right time right now i don't have enough money like okay that your conscious mind might be saying yeah i or thinking i don't have enough money or i don't have enough time or whatever the excuse is okay that's the untruth okay so the action tells what your subconscious is thinking okay so in your mind you don't realize it like you can do it but your subconscious is saying no you can't and so i'm not gonna i'm gonna serve you up an excuse I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. My spouse said this, okay? Those are not true, okay? You're just listening to the subconscious mind and letting and believing it, right? So what you, the internal narrative is, is really tough to understand. Some people can see it. For me, it's always been like this, like my conscious mind is saying one thing and why isn't that happening? And like, I didn't realize that there's all this stuff in the subconscious that like, I didn't realize my excuses. I thought that th that was real. Right. So now it's it's fun because like the, the way for me to tell is, am I doing something about it? Right. So if you're not doing shit, OK, that's a, a clue that your subconscious is like holding you back. But I think a lot of people do have awareness. They'll be like, oh, you know, I have a lot of self-talk, a lot of, you know, lack of belief or whatever. I don't really have that because of the confidence, but it doesn't mean that I don't have subconscious trying to hold me back. It's just you've got you've to gotta look, look at the, the actions that you're taking. If you're not doing what the five-year-from-now version of you should be doing, it means there's a lack of belief there. And you've got to question, like, your excuses and the reasons. Absolutely. So that, anyways, that, that, that's how mine shows up is it's, like, this really sleuth, stealthy, like, shadow thing. And now I know how to see it, but I don't think I did at the time. I didn't realize I had a conflicting internal dialogue. Yeah, I, I think we, every one of us goes through that kind of period in time where we're, we're questioning in our, in our subconscious. And I want to dive into that because that's, that's something that I know we both geek out on when it comes to feeling the emotions as though we are that kind of person. Because when it comes down to our subconscious, we know uh, when it comes to the quantum field, like all the possibilities are out there, all of what we want, the, it's, it's, it's out there, but we have to take the action one in order to believe that it's possible and get closer to it. And then also become the kind of person that it takes to achieve that kind of result. So I'm curious for you, is there other than meditation? Cause I know that's a big thing for you. Is there anything that you is like a foundational, like a keystone habit for you that helps you keep that abundant state? And, and, and keep you away from going back to that scarcity mindset that we are 
so fed in this world? Yeah, uh, th there's a few things to unpack here. Um, one of my favorite, I've got so much I can share around abundance. So I'm just going to dive into a few Please. Um, things that I use. But um, I, I would say this was a game changer for me is um, a few years ago, I was like, okay, so th this is a huge nugget. Okay, so if you want money, why shouldn't you become somebody who knows all about it? Okay, this is what's crazy is so many people want money, but have you fucking read a book about money anytime late, lately, right? Isn't that true? Like, oh, I want money, I want money. Like, okay, well, if you want to date somebody, don't you think you should learn about that person, right? Okay, so let's start with that. Learn more about money, okay? So most people are not even willing to pick up a damn book and learn about money, okay? So I was like, I figured that out. So I was like, okay, well, if money and I, you know, if we want to attract ourselves to each other, like who would money want to be around? Okay, money probably wouldn't want to be around somebody who talks shit about money or avoids money or blames money or doesn't know about money. Money probably wants to be around somebody that like, respects it first of all and partners with it so that was like the first thing i unlocked and so i started like learning 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 about money and eventually like i started noticing some of my favorite you know money or financial gurus would talk about the expectation of giving back of giving to other people and i've always been somebody that i felt like would you know help other people i love doing that but it was like okay you can go deeper okay so this is the kicker that I want to share with your audience is okay, give to the point where it feels really fucking uncomfortable. Okay. Where you're just like, I don't know if I'll have enough. Okay. Cause that's the, that's the bridge you got to cross. So when you start giving more, I believe the universe decides that you are a good steward of money and will give you a little bit more to be responsible with. If you take care of money, if you're more responsible with money, if you start to share and give, past the point of comfort, I believe the universe sees you as a steward and it gives you a little bit more responsibility, a little bit more money, okay? A little bit more opportunity. And then on top of that, subconsciously, you're telling yourself that I have enough. Okay, if you hand out more money or whatever, it, it doesn't, it, abundance isn't just about money, it's about love, it's about time. It's about relationships, right? And a lot of those have the same frequency around it. But if if you cross that threshold of where you're uncomfortable and you start to do it more and more, it's amazing how much that unlocks. And you can even ask for a sign, like start just say, universe, I trust you, and then go do something really uncomfortable with money. I used to take, keep like $200 in my car and just anytime I'd see a homeless person, just walk up and give them like 20 bucks. I've increased that now. And because my level of trust with the universe has increased quite a bit, but that's how it started was that exercise and giving more. And then I started doing it on a, on a much bigger level. And it's so crazy, James, how things like come back after I do that, that are so like, like they're so random and so unpredictable, but yet so perfect. And I'll give an ex a couple of examples of this. Like, like I remember I used to make fun of that movie, The Secret, you know, because they're talking about I read the book. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Everybody loves a secret. I wasn't a huge fan because I don't like that part where they're like talking about like, just wish for money to come in and oh. like in your mailbox, you'll get like all this money coming. <laughs> and the funny thing, James, is I used to make fun of that all the time. Yeah. And then like when I, the same time I started leaning into this, I got like three, three checks in the mail for over a thousand dollars. 
from like some loan that I got suckered into when I was, you know, your age. Like I bought a home and refinanced it at like 18%, total dumb move, you know? Yeah. But I accepted that. I was like, that was my fault. Turned into a class action lawsuit and 20 years later, I'm getting $1,000 checks in the mail from that right after I donated money to somebody else. And then I was with um, one of my buddies, his name's Michael Ray. He's one of the top 50 most impactful people on LinkedIn. And he goes and changes people's lives. He was hardly making any money. And he was doing this, he would get charity money, donation money, and he'd go give it to other people. And um, like, I knew him far before he knew me, just seeing him on social media. We ended up becoming friends because the universe put us into alignment with each other. I ended up having an opportunity to help him get a, a new career. And he was out here with me and my dream was to go out and, and do one of these random acts of kindness, to go give away some money to, some, to a homeless person or somebody who needed it. And it was so interesting because like we were at dinner and I was looking up to this, this moment to go do something with him like this. And I don't put my stuff online. He does his like online all the time and it goes viral, but mine's just something I do. I just always dreamed of doing something like that with him because he's one of my heroes. And so we're at dinner and we're drinking and it's getting later and later and I've got to get home, put the kids to bed. And, and I'm just thinking, I, I have this realization, James, that it's not going to happen. I'm just like, you know, like you can't force something like that. Just, it's not in the cards for this time. And so I let it go, right? That's how it should be. But we're driving back and we just, we passed this, this homeless man on the, like on the freeway and he had this sign that says, please don't make me the joke of your day. I'm embarrassed to be in this position. And it was deep. And I was like, okay, let's go help him. Whoa, sorry. So we went out and we took care of him, you know, and um, just gave him some love and hugged him, gave him some money and then um, <laughs> went about our business. And then the next day I got this email from the company that um, I had helped him get a job with. And they're like, yeah, we just, we have a $1,500 referral bonus to give you. And it was just like, holy shit, the universe does that every time. Mm -hmm. Like you go, you step in abundance, you free, and you don't do it for the expectation. You know, you do it to, to, to give, but like I, I have that happen all the time, James. And so I would really challenge anybody to, to not look at money as mine. Okay. It's not your money. Okay. <laughs> It just let it flow through you, right? Let it, you know, whether that's investing in yourself or helping other people out, stop fearing not having enough. Like just, if you're called to do it, then, you know, the same with investing with myself. Every time I put money into learning more, like I get compound interest off of it. And, and that's what scarcity is, is just this fear of like, I'm not gonna, and, and, and it shows that you don't trust yourself, right? Like, like if you're focused on the payoff, what this is going to produce you, what you're going to get out of it, you know, the money in your bank account, like you're, you know, you're missing out on the bigger picture of like money isn't a thing. It's an energy. It's, it, you know, it doesn't even exist anymore. I mean, like we don't even really have paper money anymore. It's all a bunch of digits that could go away at a moment's notice. And so like fucking lean into that, let it go, dude. It's funny because like, I don't believe that saving a lot of money is abundant. Like to me, that's, that's scarcity because you're afraid of somebody taking away. You could have a million dollars, a billion dollars and still live a life of scarcity because you're so afraid you're going to lose it or somebody's going to take it away from you. Like let that flow through you. Absolutely.
Absolutely. And I, and I want to bring up a time when, when, when we met actually, and it was, there's an analogy that you gave me that really, really helped me change my perspective on uh, money as well and, and abundance in the world because I grew up with a very scarce mindset towards money entirely. And when I invested into the program to become a coach, it was like, I didn't even have all the money, but I invested in it and I did it over a subscription because I was like, this just feels right. And I think when we lean into things that feel right or we, we trust our intuition rather than second guessing ourselves, there's a lot of potential to be there. But I think that we're taught so often that we should second guess ourselves, that it, it is it is normal and it's 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 uncertain. Something that you gave me was that it, you did the analogy of like having your fist closed. If you're holding on to every single ounce of money that you have, you you can't accept anything because your fist is closed. You can't you can't accept anything. There's no money's not going to come to you if your fist is closed. And yeah, that analogy is so good, man. I feel like you 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 just absorb knowledge, and I, I I appreciate that. I appreciate you receiving that, and and I thank you for listening to that. I I thank you, man. You you are a huge huge mentor for me, and it, and it and it and it definitely was something that I had to internalize because that that's what I grew up with. Like I grew up with a single mother, so saving money was exact. It was like every ounce, every cent that you had, save it, save it, and put it away. And I, and I thought about it, and Alex Ramosi talks about this, investing in the S&P 500 and the S&M 500. And I, and I love that perspective because it's exactly what you said. Like, you can have a million dollars in your bank account, but if you don't feel abundant, then you, you will never live a, a happy, fulfilling life. And something that you talk about so often, too, and I love your perspective on this, is it's not just in the realm of money. It's not in the realm of, of physical things, but it's also in the investment in time. Because you, we, last time we spoke last week was talking about, you know, you're not busy, but you, you choose to. It's not that you're busy because busy is like a, a, a negative connotation with the work that you have to do. Like I have a bunch of calls today, but I'm so excited with what I do that I'm not, I'm not busy. I'm, I'm, I'm thriving. And I think that's a really cool perspective that, that you've been able to take and also uh, attract onto me as well. Where, when did that uh, shift for you to, to internalize that? Mm, that's a good question. I had a, a friend who, who's always scarce in time. It seems like we were friends ever since like, you know, the early days at the country club. And, you know, he, he went on to go through the whole school thing and get a job, um, nice, nice, safe, secure job. And, you know, it wasn't aligned with what, it, what, what he really wants to do in his heart. And, um, we would have these lunches every, you know, like maybe two times a year, you know, and it always seemed like he was in such a hurry and it was so hard to pin him down for lunch. And I remember one time, this is before I started my own business, before I started coaching, this is before I had two other kids, before I volunteered my time, before I started a podcast. And, you know, like he was like, how do you have so much time to meditate and to work out and to do all this stuff? And I was like, how do you not have enough time? And he was, I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, well, I, I go to work and I got to get all this stuff done. And then I got to go home to my family. And then I'm regretting that I didn't work out enough. And like, he was never where he should be. He was always like focused on something else. And it was at that point, that was the point where I realized, I, I think I, I realized more about abundance through the time thing than the money thing. But it was just this like, oh my God, you are creating busyness. Like your whole paradigm, your whole world is focused around not having enough time. You've lived in that. You've saturated yourself and your your body is is chemically addicted to the cortisol, which is the feeling that comes from um stress. Yeah, stress. Like this is anxiety is a, this is just a form of addiction. 
Yeah. And when you're addicted to something, you crave more and your subconscious will go out there and create the external circumstances to match that. So if you're always like, I don't have enough time, like I'm stressed out about money, I'm stressed out about time, I don't have enough. Okay, well, why wouldn't your subconscious go out there and manufacture more shit for you to do to substantiate that internal feeling, to get you your fix? That's what's so crazy. I was like, wow. Okay, that's deep. So here's what's cool, my friend, is I always believe in the opposite. Okay, so if you can get addicted to cortisol and being stressed out, why can't you get addicted to fucking loving your life? Yes, That's where I'm at right now. I love my life. I'm so passionate about everything I do. I am addicted to helping people. I'm addicted to serving other people. I'm addicted to making an impact. And that works for me. I love that. I absolutely love that. And and that was a, a big shift for me too. And in, in what everything that you just talked about, the frequencies and everything that we we truly attract into our lives and we get addicted to states of being was reading Joe Dispenza's book, uh, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. Like by the time we're 35, we have hardwired the habit of being who we think we are for so long that anything else, any kind of happiness, any kind of fulfillment, any kind of success is so unfamiliar that our subconscious just rips us back into what we're familiar with even if it isn't serving us. And that, for helping my clients overcome that like stuck and overwhelm of feeling like they have no way of getting past it, is what makes me just like, uh, Rob would say this, and I truly, truly believe it, like put words to my thoughts after a client call. It's like, it's coaching crack. Like there's so much, I've never had more energy in my life. And now I have my clients hooked on the same kind of mindset because it's truly, it's insane what we can what we can experience in our lives when we open our mind up to what we can experience in our lives. And I think for so long that we're, we're taught that things are unrealistic, things aren't possible, things aren't, you're not able to be, uh, you know, fulfilled all of the time. You're not able to have time and run a really successful business. But I think when we normalize that kind of expression of ourselves, it, it opens our mind up to so much more for our life. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, um, you know, we, we need to realize this. Okay. So abundance, lack, okay. Those are feelings. They're not like quantifiable by some, I mean, when you feel like you don't have enough, it doesn't really have to do with anything external. <laughs> it, what it is, is the thought that, that plants that you have a thought of like, I don't have enough. And then you get that anxiety, that worry, and you start to hunker down and then you close off too. It's just like, mm-hmm. you know, like when people get hurt, you know, emotionally, it's like you close up because you don't want to be hurt again. But you know what, if you close up, you also close yourself off from anything good. It's not the closing that matters. The, the closing closes everything off. The opening opens it. Yes, when you open up, you are vulnerable, but you're also able to receive. So like we just, we get caught up in these states and, and it's, it's really unfortunate, but I do feel like, I love that you wanted to talk about this because when you free yourself from that, like I just don't worry about it anymore. Like it's all good. And the more I don't worry about it, the more that comes in. And like the giving part is just like that. It's similar to coaching, right? When you coach, you make an impact, but same with you when you give to, to other people. And it's, it's interesting because there's this, this, um, this girl that had a baby around the same time as, as me and my wife. And it's been about two years and, and her boy is not doing very good. I mean, he's on, you know, basically life support a lot of the times. And he's, it's just so unfortunate to see. And it, it, 
it hurts my heart to see that, but what's the, what can I do? The only thing I can do is to support, like I can worry about it and I can be sad and hung up on that, or I could do something about it. And you all have a duty to make more money so you can help other people out. Okay. It is, it is bullshit to think of that money is greedy or that that's programming. That is oh, yeah. fucking programming because you can do a lot of good when you have money. And for me to be able to Venmo somebody 500 bucks because their car broke down and they can't go see their kids because their boys in the hospital, it's mm. pretty fucking cool. And you have the power and the ability to do this, not for yourself. Like greed is what makes people greedy. Like if you go out make money and you don't do anything good with it, like I'm not saying you have to go get, do this to go give away to everybody else. What I'm saying is like, it's not a bad, like greed is separate from money. It does uh, just like, like abundance or lack. It's not the money. It's the internal state. Absolutely. And I, I think something, and I'm, I'm curious for you, but in, in growing up, it was like catastrophizing and, and, and stressing. I think overthinking in its entirety was something that was normalized for me. Like it, it was just something that I think of is normalized for a lot of people. We overthink ourselves. We overthink what can happen. And then we never take action on doing it. So we stay where we are. And so overthinking is creating problems that don't exist yet. And, and we get in the habit of doing that. And it just continues and continues and continues. What is a habit that you've like accepted and, and, and put into your life that has allowed you to stay in that mindset? Because I think that's something, like you said, we, we're, we can be aware of it as much as we want. But if we don't actually take action on it or implement what we learn, well, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I think overthink is kind of a form of um, your subconscious just trying to throw things in your way. Yeah. Um, here's here's what how I get out of that. Okay, so I deal with a lot of coaches. The, this is probably the number one thing that holds coaches back from actually making any goddamn money is yep. because they overthink it. And th that internal battle, the back and forth, it it takes time to do that. It takes energy. How is it that like, okay, I'm at 48 years old. I wake up at 530 in the morning. I do my morning routine. I work out. I put out my content. I crush it in business like till six o'clock, hang out with my kids, run around, chase them, flip them on the couch. And it's 930 and then I sleep like a baby. How do I have enough energy to do all that? Because there is no time that I spend overthinking it. It just fucking is. Okay. If I want to create a million dollar business, that is what's going to happen. I'm not going to question it because there's no point to it. If it doesn't happen. Okay, cool. I'm a big boy. I'll figure it out. Right. It's going to happen. Like I, like I don't need to believe so I don't need to like question it. It's just going to happen because there's no, I don't need to spend that energy and that time worrying about it. Okay. It's going to happen or it won't. As far as I'm concerned, it, it, it is. If it didn't, I'm going to be okay. I'm a big boy. I'm going to recover it. The reason why we overthink is we're so fucking worried that we're going to be let down if it doesn't happen. Like, oh, I don't know if my soft heart can uh, allow for that rejection. I'm a fit. Fuck that. You're not a failure. I'll share all my failures. I've failed a ton of times. It made me better, right? Like screw that, like screw doubting yourself and screw holding yourself back because you're afraid of it's going to hurt when you fail right there. You just failed because you didn't even do anything about it. You're worried about what's going to happen when you fail. So you don't do anything. And then you, you're like, oh, well, I don't have skin in the game now. I can't fail. Yeah, you just did right there. Okay. You're not failing if you go put your ass on the line and go. And so 
for me, it's just like this. It's not even belief. It's just, James, I just know. Like there's, there's, there's wishing, there's hoping, there's belief and confidence. And then there's this whole other level where it, it just is. There's no reason for me to question that because that's just what's, what's, it's not even going to happen. It already is. Okay. I might not have experienced, but like I am creating this life that I want. I don't need to wait for that to actually happen to experience it right now. My internal state is just like, it's on brother. I love that. I absolutely love that. I think uh, you said it yourself is like the failing to try is the biggest failure of all. If we don't give ourselves the opportunity. And I think for me, that was something I internalized young. I seen my father and my uncle pass at 37 and my grandfather pass right before he was about to retire. And seeing that happen was like one that internalized, I'm not going to college because if I go to college, I'm going to spend my whole life working just to pass away before I get to actually experience my, my, my life and put it out. What if I can live right now? What if I can feel that right now? And as you said, it's like our life is abundant if we choose to see what's abundant, if we choose to look for what we have instead of look, instead of a expect or want. And if, we, if we're here for it, we can experience it more, but it's all through our perception of the world. And I think that's why I created this podcast was like, if you, I know that you're a big, you're a big person for affirmations. And the same thing goes for me is if you believe that you can too, and you just reinforce that a thousand times in a row, regardless if you believe it or you don't, if you just act on it, then you're going to get results from it. But if you don't at least try, you're going to waste your whole life wishing you did. And your subconscious, that's where your subconscious comes in and gets mad at you because he knows you have more, you have more in you. They know that you have a lot more about you. And I think that's something that's really big. And I think we, we battle with that internal, uh, those two internal desires, the, the conscious desire and the subconscious desire. So for, for people out there that are trying to overcome that, whether it's self-doubt, that overthinking, the fear of failure, what do you, what do you say to them? I said, do it because of that. Like, here's the thing you hear the gurus out there saying, Oh, like, don't worry. You don't need to believe in yourself to take action. Oh, Okay, fair point, but you, still, you're going to have limp action. If you don't believe, you're withdrawing. You're holding back, okay? Th the reason why to do it is so that you're not a prisoner of that fear, okay? Like, who gives a shit? Like, go out. I, I say I do stuff so that I can fail, so that I'm immune to giving a fuck about what happens. Like, I don't care. Like, I love getting, you know, if you, and I want to say this too, this isn't where I've always been. Okay. Like when I was in jujitsu, once I got to the top, then I was afraid of people beating me, you know, and it's so not me now, but like back then I was like, I started ducking out on fights cause I didn't want to get tapped out by somebody who started after I did, you know, and that's the ego. That's the ego fearing that. But like, for me, like I would say like do stuff to train yourself to be free of the fear of failure. Okay. <laughs> like seek it out. Go lean into, and then you'll find out that it's not as bad. It was so funny the other day. Uh, I got, I gotta, I gotta share this with you because it's just hilarious. But you know, I've grown my business to the point where I'm, I'm uh, running ads, right? So I have a business coming in, and a lot of that income comes to growing my business. And one of those things is like to run ads. And I remember seeing people running ads, and you'd always see these trolls. They come in there and like just tear up the, whoever's got the advertising, especially if you're in the coaching world. Of course. And you know, it, like my mindset is like, damn, I'm surprised I don't have more trolls like talking <laughs> shit about me. But I remember like, I knew that at one point that day would come where like I would start having people just like say the meanest shit. And like, I got one the other day and dude, it 
didn't even like trigger me. It was almost like pleasurable. It was like, cool, I finally got somebody to troll me. And I'm like looking at this and I'm like, okay, this guy obviously, you know, he's saying like, you know, fake gurus or whatever, all this stuff. And it was like, he never even, he doesn't have a clue who I am. And like, I don't care, you know, like, yeah, everybody's on this path. There's, I'm not like this 100% dialed in guru. I've got stuff that I haven't, you know, haven't created yet, but it was like, I definitely believe in myself and I've come a long way and I know I'm making an impact. And I know that everything he's saying is so false because there's something about him. And, and it was almost like this feel of compassion. Like, you know, like I feel bad because he's using me as something to bang out some keys on, you know? Yeah. And it was just like, it, it was this compassion. It was almost like this entertainment slash compassion, but there was no fear there. There was no like insecurity. There was just like someone, you know, typing out words on a keyboard. And like, it was so cool. Cause I was like, just thank thank you for that. You know, like, I appreciate what you said, you know, and you know, have you, you know, is there anything I can do to help you out? But I just love that you get to this point where you just don't care anymore. That's what I want from your audience is just to yes. lean in and to that's my one thing. My one bit is just like wherever the the fear is, go right to that. And I, you'll free yourself. Absolutely. And I and I absolutely love that perspective that you take when it's, you have to have compassion for those. I I see it in that sense too. When I started my business, my source of accountability was posting every single day because I was afraid of people's opinions. I, I, I thought I cared about what people thought. It was all my ego. And I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with, whether they're a creator or they're, they're trying to get build a, a business or whatever that looks like. They care so much about other people's opinions or their hatred towards them. But what you really have to recognize is, I think you know this as well, uh, Jim Rome was a big mentor for, for you growing up. And it was your personal development or your professional development will never exceed your personal development. If you have so much conviction in yourself, then anyone's hate towards you is just, dang, I have empathy for them. I have a lot of compassion for them because they're in a worse place that makes them want to come out and, and put hatred on me because their subconscious isn't happy where they are and they're not giving their all. And I think that's a really good perspective to take as well. I mean, when it comes down to sustaining that abundance mindset, you, you have it in the foundation. Is there anything that you do on a day-to-day -day basis that just makes that a foundation that just reinforces it every single day? Yeah, I'm a geek. I'll just share all my so-called <laughs> secrets because they're not really secret because I'm abundant. But yeah. <laughs> like, uh, this is funny. I don't know if anyone's watching this, but on my on my screen here, like it says I'm a hell yeah. So every time I log in, I see that, right? Um, I'll change my passwords to something cool like that. Like I, I have it on my computer. I, I have like sticky notes in my car that just remind yep. me of that stuff. And um, yeah, on my computer, I want to make 4.2 million for my company. Actually, it's going to be more than that. But uh, I just have these constant reminders humming it. Another one too that I shared with some of my clients last night was I have a sleep headband and I will like record myself talking about what's, you know, I wouldn't say what's going to happen because it's, it's already in existence as far as I'm concerned, but Absolutely. something I may not have physically experienced yet and I'll just fall asleep. So like when my brain is going, shutting down, you know, it's getting slower and slower where it's very malleable. Like I'll be literally programming myself by programming myself. I love stuff like that. I'm a geek, but it, you know, I, there's just no limits, right? I will do whatever it takes. It's just simple as that. I will do whatever it takes to get what I want. And I'll do these crazy things. You know, I'll, when I work out, man, I just like, I'm wealthy, I'm abundant, I'm limitless, I'm rich, you know, 
I'm giving, I'm healthy, I'm handsome, and I just pound that out when I'm exercising. I, I geek, I will do whatever it takes, all of it. You ask me which one? Abundance, all of it. I'll do all of it. I'll read every I book out there. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I, I think um something like a perspective that a lot of people like struggle with is we, we place labels like we could have this or we can have this, but we never think to question, what if I could have both? Like we never even put that, we never even put that idea in our minds like you're running a amazing business, successful business that's helping a whole lot of people. But in the same sense, you're you're so present in each and every moment that it's there's no there's no either or. It's both. Absolutely. Dude, you, what you just said right there, if people could get that, it would un that's that's the key I think right there. That's a core. I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot to to mention that, but yeah. that is core abundance is getting away from I can do this or I can do this. I can have a business or, you know, hang out with my family. You can do both. You know what I mean? Like I can. Here's I hear this from coaches all the time. I can make an impact over money. Why? Why do those even have? It gets to me. Yeah. Right. Why are you putting those two things in the same sentence? Why is that? Right. It's because of wiring. Like I, they're guilty because they at some level they think that money is greedy. So it's like, well, I'd rather make it. Why? Why is it a rather? I hate that word. I'd rather do this. You can do both. I'd rather do both. <laughs> I make money and make an impact because they don't need to conflict. They're two separate things. A absolutely. I think when you when you're focused on impact, money just comes as a byproduct to it. Like it's not either or. It's it's totally. it's it's it's, it's they're one and the same. Yeah, money's not evil. That's for sure. I, I absolutely believe it. And I, I'm curious for for you talking about money and and there's there. I just recently read uh, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. I've read so many books on money. My my first two books I ever read was um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad and Think and Grow Rich. Two books that I recommend to absolutely every single person in the world. They're two, like some of the most powerful books in the world. Do you have three books that are just top three on your list that you'd recommend to people? Uh, I would say The Abundance Project. I'd probably put that at the top of the list. The ones that you mentioned are really good. Um, oh yeah, here's a good one too. <laughs> is uh jen sincero uh you're a badass at making money that making one's money. funny because like when i first read it i was like dude this isn't about money it's like woo -woo <laughs> stuff yeah. and then i read all the financial books and i came back to that i'm like ah oh, okay i get it <laughs> yeah i like that one a lot but i didn't when i first read it because i was looking for strategy but it's a it's a money mindset book it's it's, it's such a different perspective because i feel the same i think all the, the money mindset books are they're kind of all in the same they all have laws they all have ideas but when you go down to it the, the woo woo is, is everything. If you, if you're able to open your mind to it, I think that's yeah. something really, really big for, for my audience that, uh, is not aware of who you are after this entire, uh, podcast here, where can they find you? Uh, just pull out your phone right now as you're listening to this and just type in, uh, mindset hackers and hit Hi. the subscribe button. And then, uh, you'll get some of my episodes in your, uh, feed. And a lot of this a lot of times I talk about the stuff that me and James were diving into, I'm impressed though. Like you, you know so many things about me and I appreciate that. I'm honored by that. And also super honored to be your first uh, guest. Oh I, yeah. I dove into it and I, I love this stuff, man. This is exactly why I do what I do. You, you are, you have been a huge inspiration for me and I know this podcast is going to impact a whole lot of people. And I'm, I'm so stoked that I've, we've been able to connect since I was 17 because I can't imagine where we're going to be in 10 years from now and the impact that we're going to have on a whole lot of people. And I think this is the first step towards it. So Simon, I truly, truly appreciate you for coming on the podcast. And I, I can't wait to have you on again. Awesome, my brother. Take care. Thank you.